Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. I think I will be forever known as just Hume Ward. Hey, that's enough for me. And uh, you know I what? I think so. Well, listen, like I said, that, that works, man, because we've had a... We've had some interesting changes around here, and uh, Q Ward floats, floats every day, and uh, yeah, glad to do another episode with you, um, a lot a lot to talk about this episode, and I think we're going to fall on a sword this this one as well, I'm so, down. so be prepared. I got your back, man, if you yeah. fall on the sword, then we fall yeah. in on the sword. Yeah, we, it's it's going to be all three of us. Is it sword or sword? Sword, sword. Is it sword? Sword? Listen, I can learn a lot. So how yeah. about you tell me and then we'll go with that. If but you're falling on the sword with the silent W, <laughs> then I'm falling on the sword with the silent W. Yes, indeed. Uh, but stick around because uh, we're going to talk about that uh, with respect to a video um, of an officer throwing a, a baggie into the back of a, a car and, you know, planting evidence. Um and it's it's on camera, so we have to talk about that. And like I said, fall on the sword, but we also have to um, talk about another video, and it's going to be an interesting show talking about two videos and incidents having to do with police, and you'll you'll find out why in just a bit. But um, there's another video that came out. Uh, Ti actually uh, posted it, and it's a, a video of an officer in Atlanta kicking a handcuffed woman in the face, and so we're going to talk about that as well. Um, we do want to talk about something that happened uh, here locally um, where, where we live in, in Arizona. We got a visit from Jesse Jackson. And um, for our Way Black History Fact, we're going to talk about Bob Moses. And I'll try to work some Jesse Jackson in there as well. The good reverend. Yes, indeed. And, um, you know, uh, we have an interesting Baba this week as well. So our uh, Become a Better Ally segment is something that I'm very much looking forward to. But... Uh, I won't dawdle too much because I want to talk about some ebony excellence. Is that what you Absolutely. All right. Well, All I do is win, 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 no matter what. talk to me. Um, there was a movie trailer for, it's called King Richard. King Richard from Compton. Compton, California. One time. One If you time. don't mind. Shout out to Compton. Place of my birth. Listen, but, um. It basically uh, details the life of the father of Serena and Venus Williams, the tennis stars, and how he was very motivated to, you know, um, have his children do better than he did and have opportunities he didn't have. And I wanted to highlight this for our Ebony Excellence because I thought that it was really dope to see positive representation of black fatherhood in that space. Now, I know that there was a recent movie about Kevin Hart taking care of his daughter. Um, I think that in the story, like the mother passed away or something. Yes, like that, so that yeah. movie is called Fatherhood. There it is. Yeah. And uh, so we want to see more of that. This movie trailer looks excellent. I'm, I'm imagine it's Will Smith that's playing um, King Richard, the title character. And so um, just want to put that on your, your radar. Uh, and obviously when it comes out, you know, we all need to go and support that. Um, the trailer is very compelling. If sure. you happen to see it, you're going to want to see the movie. Yes, indeed. And, um, you know, we around here know that there's been a longstanding myth, pervasive myth, that black men uh, are not good fathers and not present fathers. And, and we, we are not here for that. No, we're going to talk about that all. soon. We're going to talk about that soon. But actually, if you don't know, the CDC did a study in 2014 that found out that actually black fathers are doing best 
uh, of everyone overall. The most present. Exactly. And so we'll talk about that um, in a later episode. But for now, that's our Ebony Excellence for the week. Um, and it's time for us to get to the falling on of the sword. So I'm going to tell you uh, a story. Um, now, before the show, before we started taping, uh, Swirl, our producer, and Q and I were talking. And I mentioned that I wanted to talk about a video where, um, and normally I would point you to our social media and say, check out this video, but I've taken the video down. Um, and I'll explain why I took it down. Because normally, you know, you leave things up and you kind of own it out publicly. But in this show, uh, in this space, we have been critical of a lot of systems that are in place in this country that we believe have white supremacist origins um, and that are perhaps more harmful to uh, especially to black and brown folks than many people are aware of and we and so we have to be critical of those systems in order to bring attention to them that's that's how we make it work there's some people who protest there's some people who you know run for office and then there's people like us who work in media who have to bring attention and we have to illuminate these disparities and these discrepancies right and fortunately we live in a modern world where we have social media we're able to share videos and so forth and um it has really helped bring light to a lot of the injustices but um one of the things that comes along with working in media is that when you get it wrong, you have to own it. You have to eat crow and you have to be, you know, you have to make your, you know, your recompense as substantial as your offense, right? And that's, this is my belief. I recognize that not everyone else does this. I recognize that if this was from the police coming to me, that it perhaps would not be the same. But I'm of the persuasion that two wrongs don't make a right. I'm going to write my story the right way. And whatever everyone else does is what they do. But um, early in the week, again, we saw this video. And the video is of a young black man. He's in the front seat of a car. He's recording a traffic stop. There's an officer behind him. Um, and it's a really quick video. The officer is sort of approaching the car. The camera angle is out the back passenger side door. The officer approaches the open door and tosses a white, a baggie with, that looks like there's white powder into the back seat. The uh, the young man who's in the car says, "Hey, hey, that's that's not mine. You just threw that in here." Something like that. And um, to those of us looking at the video, it looks like okay. Here's another example of an officer planting evidence to have an excuse to make an arrest. Right now, we know that these things have happened. We've done stories about we've done stories of people who've been convicted of doing this you know for many years right so we're well aware certainly in black and brown communities of officers taking certain liberties or doing whatever it is that they can to arrest people and you know these people these officers rather um it is our belief that they're prejudiced that they're bad officers and on and on and on the whole story um but in this instance where we had a video oh that's a slam dunk right we got it. It's on video. The guy clearly walks up to the car, throws a bag, looks like powdery substance in the backseat of the car. And he did it like sort of like it almost looked like he was being sneaky and throwing the bag back there. Right. So naturally, I think I might have hit swirl our show producer and was like, hey, so make sure you post this on 
our timeline on our social media on Instagram so that we can discuss this our next show because here's another example that we need to bring light to. There's a lot of folks, allies, people who support us, or maybe people in the fringes who want to support, but maybe they haven't found the way to really get in there. Mm -hmm. We need to let them know these things happen. And we have more video evidence of police misconduct and how it is affecting black and brown citizens. And no it's something reason. that we knew, something that we know happens. But like you said, having video confirmation of it goes a long way. Sure, sure. And, and, and a lot of the other episodes that we've done where we've talked about instances like this, the one that really stands out in my mind is where an officer got convicted, finally, of planting evidence and writing false police reports and doing all these sorts of things. And, you know, there was hundreds of arrests over a career, and the officer finally was convicted, and a lot of those um, arrests and convictions were overturned um, after well after the fact after many years of this guy being on the job um and that's just one we've talked about i'm not talking about lived experience yet i could you know again i'm from compton so that's the lapd um for those that don't know the lapd especially in the 80s and the early 90s was really known for being like lightweight a criminal organization uh back to this video so i i really wanted this video to be posted on our timeline to share it with people and then of course once we posted it um, and it's already out in social media. We just shared the video the same as anyone else. And um, all of the people that support the show, that follow Civic Cipher, um, immediately started commenting, liking the video, like, oh my gosh, this is disgusting, you know, blah, blah, blah you know, police, this, that, and the third, right? Um, and that was that. We let the video sit there for however long. And obviously you didn't know that it was sitting there. And, and I, I think that maybe Swirl posted or maybe I posted, I'm not sure, but just sat there, did what it did. And then I'll call it a few days later. So this might've been Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. Um, I saw another video on another website. It was the same interaction, but it was from the officer's webcam. And that's the funny thing about the body video. cam. Body cam. That was it. Webcam. Sorry, uh, his body cam. So um, the funny thing in the original video, the the man in the passenger seat, uh, the young black man in the passenger seat that was filming the interaction, he says, um, "Hey man, I got you on video throwing that in the car." And the officer responds, says, um, "Oh, it's all good, man. I'm on. I got you on video too. So we're all good here, right?" And it was almost like the only thing. It looked like it was the only thing that he could say. In response to being filmed, right? He's like planning he got, evidence. He got caught and can't respond like he got caught, so he got to play it cool. Like, like he didn't get caught. Yeah, like I got you supposed too. to happen, right? As it turned out, when he released that body cam footage, um, it shows what happened leading up to that. Now, you don't know this, right, Q? You don't know what happens? I have no idea. Okay. Swirl, you don't know? Okay. So, um, the longer video shows the driver of the car standing in front of the police car with the officer in question and another officer, I believe, right? The driver is searched and they pull a baggie out from the driver's pocket or something like that, right? The baggie is empty. There's no, because there were no arrests made, right? The baggie is empty, but there is like a powdery substance. Residue. Right. And it's not enough quantity for them to test. So it's, you know, but it was assumed that it could have been, you know, whatever. Right. So the officer takes it, examines it, and then walks it into the car, to the backseat of the car, throws it in the backseat of the car. Right. That the guy was just driving. 
and then of course the interaction hey bro why are you throwing this in the car that's not that's not mine you just threw that in here i got you on camera hey man i got you on camera so it's all good right so it says the same thing and then um walks back or and then there's a little bit more to the dialogue and he's like man i just didn't want to carry that in my hands you know i didn't you know whatever and that's why we're eating crow today especially me because hang on let me now i would love to get your thoughts right because your immediate reaction i need i need everyone listening to know what that is but i want to say this um there is something to be said about waiting for the full story right you know there are sometimes I, I don't like what i'm about to say you're not going to like what i'm about to say if you're listening to my voice but there are some times when we do have to wait for there to be a the full story to be told and and we, i know that it's hard for us to trust that because typically what that means is they're doing quote an investigation they're going to change a couple of pieces around they're going to rewrite part of the story and then when it comes out they've exonerated they you know they're, they're not liable for anything right but i think that what this has taught me at least is you know your reactions are are well-founded ramses my name is ramses if you don't know you, so i'm talking to myself here your reactions are well-founded. This is, this is, this is um, maybe it's cognitive bias, but this certainly reinforces your worldview, you know? And, and if you get more and more of the same, you know, your immediate reaction is to be angry and upset and afraid and, and so forth. And to, you know, be doubtful of, you know, what the future holds. You know, why am I coming and doing shows like this every week if I don't believe that the world is going to change for the better by our efforts here, it's a, right? It's a great question I have to ask myself from time to time. Exactly. But um, it was very humbling to watch that video where I was like, ooh, because he, the, the guy that was driving the car, he had a baggie on it. And I'm not going to pretend like that bag was just flower it looked exactly like what i think it was and what you would think it was right now that's a whole separate conversation why are people forced to do these sorts of things to feed their families and to take care of themselves and have a decent living and make their rent you know this guy wasn't driving a huge escalator or anything like that it was just a regular car you know what i'm saying so this guy probably is just a guy trying to make ends meet best way he can not making excuses for anybody but you know there's some context um but in terms of me being angry at this officer, I recognize like, oof, you know, it's, you know, and then for all of us, again, waiting for that whole story and having to get on a microphone on a show where we admittedly are very critical of policing practices, police, policing in general, and say, mm, we got that one wrong, is a part of, I think, our story, and it's gonna keep us honest as we attempt to keep everyone else honest please Q. falling on the sword eating crow i think that is our responsibility okay and you know we, we have to hold ourselves and each other accountable to the young men in the passenger seat however i don't think he has to eat crow i think to him it looked like exactly what we thought when we saw it right imagine yourself sitting there the officer walks up towards you and tosses something in the back seat 
and you legitimately don't know where that came from. Like he, I think in that space, I don't think he was like, I don't think he was playing dumb. I think he was like, yo, what are you doing? Cause I'm not trying to go to prison because you're tripping and you don't like black people. Fair. He was wrong, but I don't think in that moment, the way he responded was not authentic. Like I think he thought he saw exactly what we thought we saw. Right. So it's, I think it's us eating crow and falling on the sword more than that gentleman. I don't think he set us up for the okie doke with that video is what I mean. Like, I don't think he had false pretenses. Like I'm about to pretend to be the victim here so people can feel sorry. I think in that moment, he legitimately thought this dude is planning evidence and trying to take us to jail for something that we didn't do. Maybe, maybe. And you know, I say that for what it's worth. Like I don't, I don't think that that video was posted by that young man to sell us a false narrative. Right. The officer's body cam just had a more complete story than even that young man had in his position. Um, there's no way to not eat crow. Like we can't even go into all the reasons why we shouldn't have to. And man, it's been done to no, us so many no. times. No, no. When you're wrong, you just are. And yes. You can't use other examples to make this. It's just like. You know, if you are a person and all of your interactions with black people have been bad, you don't get to treat me like I'm awful when you meet me. And you can't point to all these other experiences and say this is the reason why and think that that's okay. That's fair. So we can't do that either. We, we were wrong. And our hasteful reaction is based on some history, of course. But when you're wrong, you still have to say so. Now, first off, thank you. Because I didn't know, you, that's a tough thing to deal with. And, and having a, like a sort of a benevolent, uh, well, that's not, not the right word. What am I thinking of? Um, humbling myself, you know what I mean? And, and being the only one with that energy, that's a much more scary place to be in. But I appreciate you understanding, you know, why I wanted to talk about this and not letting me spill the beans to you before we did that. But, um... I think there's another part of this too that it, it it somebody has to go first. Here's what I mean when I say that. It could be you know in in modern history, we'll start with the Panthers, the Black Panthers, yes. And we'll start with with and the and the Oakland Police Department, right? And these two groups were at war with each other for all intents and purposes because the Panthers felt that the police were overstepping, brutalizing, terrorizing, robbing, killing in the black community. And the Panthers organized and they bought guns. And that's why there's a lot of gun laws now because people got real scared because, you know, that right to bear arms is tricky when, you know, <laughs> when it's a bunch of black people with afros and berets, apparently. In the, in the late 60s so anyway um, the Panthers and the police right so you know in terms of like a modern relationship with black folks and the police um, it, having it being contentious and organized uh, I think that that's a great place to start but I don't think that any of us on any side because there's a lot of police officers who are black granted back then there probably were way less but we're talking about the system more than just the, the, the platonic ideal or the, the 
what pops in your mind of the, uh, the white male police officer because then that makes it a race thing and it's not necessarily that it it certainly runs along that line but there's a lot of i i know uh and, and i i i hope that i can say his name because i will and i do want to give him credit there's an officer that i know he's a sergeant in arizona his name is Kel kevin gilliland and uh i've known this man for years he's a kind man he did a security gig for many years when i would dj uh at a jewelry store they did a yearly party paid me a ton of money and he was a security guy there and he thought everything i did was cool he listened to me on the radio and you get to know the human being and obviously you know there's many years of police killings and you know black people losing their lives at the hands of police you know needlessly and granted we only have our powwows once a year but he would stay in touch with me Maybe that had to do with the fact that I was cool and I was on the radio and I could give him concert tickets and that sort of thing. But I like to think that he actually had a heart and I provided a way for him to express that. And because of the contentious nature between some black organizations and the police, um, historically, you know, and because I know that we're not born to die, that's not going to be my story. That's not going to be your story. This world's not going to be yours. It's not going to be our children's story. We're not born to go to war for our whole lives. We're not meant to, born to fight. I believe that we're born to love. You know me if you listen to this show. I'm going to say it a million times. I don't care if you believe it or not. That's my belief and I'm entitled to it. Plus, I'm on the radio and you're not. So, love each other, all right? Boom. Um, but I think above all of that, Somebody has to go first. Somebody has to, to stop slinging mud. Somebody has to say, okay, I was wrong. And start there. And if I'm in a position where there's a microphone in front of me and there's an audience listening, I don't mind doing that. Because once you take off that uniform, what my father taught me, Reverend Dr. Rudolph Wayne Taylor, is that all men are my brothers and all women are my sisters. I will not forget that lesson. I will not forget it now and I will not forget it when I eat crow <laughs> for <laughs> being hasty in posting my video. Um, but that's on me more than it's on you two. You know, and uh, you know, if you're a, a person who quote backs the blue or you know, uh, an officer yourself. I know that there's some officers that listen to the show and in all the different states that we're in and cities because um, you reach out and I, I get your messages and I appreciate the feedback and I, I know that we're trying to find our way through this. Um, maybe I owe you an apology. I don't want to make an excuse, so I want that to stand on its own. But I do want to say that if that happens again, I, I want you to know that it's because of the nature of I believe, of social media because of how easy it is to share things. You know, we, we talk about the vaccine. We talk about all this misinformation and fake news and how it gets spread. And, you know, it doesn't matter how right you are. You're not immune or impervious or not susceptible to the algorithms and just really the nature of social media and how easy it is to share things that you see. And so it might happen again. But if it does, I want you to remember this moment, please, and know that while I'm very critical of your profession, 
and some of the practices of some of the people that you work with, that you reckon your brothers and sisters, that I am committed to establishing a path forward where we can all be better to each other. And I, I, I think that that should stand on its own. Very well said. I'll just agree. Thank you. Yeah, that was really on me. I had to <laughs> feeling kind of stupid posting that video. But um, and then, yes, of course. And the reason I took it down was because rather than leave it up and then post a follow up video again, because I know that it's so easy to share the sensational thing. Um, and because I know that if I'm going to eat my crow, I'm going to do it in full display in front of everyone that uh, the right thing for me to do was delete that. And so it wasn't I didn't delete it out of embarrassment or trying to hide it or anything i'm, I'm here owning it and um yeah and now proper propaganda, propaganda. if you're just tuning in to civic cypher i'm your host ramses Ja. he calls me q ward and so does my mom yes indeed another one and only uh, formerly and soon to be again DJ keyboard. <laughs> My hope. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, if you're just tuning in, um, you missed some real heavy stuff. Uh, a meal I did not enjoy, but you know it was very necessary for me to eat. Um, but we're also going to talk about, believe it or not, some more video. Um, we're going to talk about. We'll get to that video, but basically police misconduct. So like I said in the beginning, it's an interesting show we're going to have because, you know, this is our lens into a lot of the practices that we're seeing that we don't agree with, that we know happen and so forth. So we're going to talk about uh, a video out of Atlanta um, made it to us by way of T.I. Tip. Tip. King of the South. Yeah. The Kang. My man. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, Bob Moses. Um, he recently passed away. Um, we're going to spend our way black history fact talking about him and just shine a little bit of light on his life but also want to share some stories about uh, meeting jesse jackson that was pretty cool and um i also want to talk about our native brothers and sisters um so we're going to spend our baba section uh kind of giving a little light to that so what happened um i believe it was last episode we finally finally got around to talking about the bodies of the native children that were buried in all, at all of these schools. And we talked about how in Arizona, where we live, there is an a actual street called Indian School Road. It's a major road uh, if you haven't been to Arizona. And there is, in fact, an Indian school there. And so it just made sense for us to talk about that. So without further ado, let's get into the Baba section of the show. Um, and this time we're going to... Um, highlight someone on Instagram by the name of the conscious Lee at the conscious Lee if you want to check him out and let's go ahead and listen to what he has to say to us when they was telling us about Native Americans however bad you think it was it was worse so people I'm from California right did you know that in California it was legal to kill Native Americans? Not only was it legal, it was profitable. You literally can get paid per head of the Native you kill. 
Over 16,000 Native Americans was killed in cold blood during the whole gold rush thing. This happened from 1846 to 1871. What was happening to the natives was so bad it didn't even have a word to describe it. Oh, it ain't just California. Y'all ever seen a map of the US with just the native tribes? Y'all see them little words right there? Those are tribes you've never heard of. When I was younger, I remember a Native American elder telling me something that threw me all the way off. He said, I give thanks for your ancestors because without your ancestors, I probably wouldn't be here today. That's when I realized whatever we being told ain't nothing close to how bad it really was. All right. So, um, if you didn't know that, now you know. But uh, the reason I really wanted to illuminate that is because if you couldn't tell, um, and I know you couldn't see him, um, but he's black. And he took the time to share space with his native brothers and sisters, which is the energy that we try to emanate on this show and the energy that we feel you should keep in your own lives as well. And uh, if you feel like kind of going down that rabbit hole and really educating yourself, I implore you to do so. Um, do me a favor and check out the hashtag land back and yeah, educate yourself. Um, I'm sure our, all of our native brothers and sisters would appreciate you doing so. So that's our Baba segment for the day and how to become a better ally. Now, let's get to this next video. This one is tough. So why don't you describe the video, Q? There is a young lady who has been apprehended for reasons I don't know. I, I did not read further into the story of the how or the why she was in the position that she was in. But even if she is absolutely guilty of whatever she's being charged with or for whatever reason they have her subdued and laying on her belly on the ground, she did not deserve to be kicked in the face by the officer who she was not resisting, fighting, defending herself from or anything else. Because a, a lot of times the, uh, people like to ask questions about like you said the part of the story that we didn't see sure we did not need to see more footage of this to know that she didn't deserve to be kicked in the face with the toe of a hard bottom shoe yeah it's probably a still toe yeah um while being subdued apprehended or arrested by the police officers so um this is the sort of video that we're going to have to describe. Fortunately, it's a very short video. If you like, again, you can check out, I think it's Troubleman, at Troubleman, if you're on Instagram. And I think check it's Troubleman31. 31. 31, there you go. Um, and find the video. Uh, it doesn't, it's kind of a graphic video. We, we don't really like to, we don't want to normalize people brutalizing black bodies we don't want to become numb to that and so that, that we did not share that video it's it's as disturbing as you can imagine um a couple of interesting things about this video is is as q uh, mentioned it's really hard to imagine there being more to the story that would warrant this woman being handcuffed she was handcuffed when she was kicked in the face face down not standing nothing um, and of course if you listen to the first half of the show you recognize that 
we understand that sometimes, weird as it seems, videos don't tell the whole story. And so I tried to imagine, well, like, did she spit on him or, you know, and, and the truth is, even if she did, it doesn't, her being kicked in the face is not a fair response. If someone's handcuffed belly down on the ground and they're spitting, you can just walk away from that. Um, you know, uh, I happen to know that if you kick someone in a fight when they're on the ground, um, that actually is attempted murder. Um, you, can, you can be tried for attempted murder for kicking someone. And wow. he kicked her in the face. So it's hard to argue that that's not what that is. And that plus spitting is not the same thing, right? Um, and here we see, you know, based on our initial reaction to the video, and I do believe the officer and the other officer that was standing next to him were both suspended. Um, I do remember seeing something like that. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know, but I do remember seeing something like that. Anyway, um, it's the most disturbing, disgusting abuse of power that you can imagine. You know, just, just okay, let's take away for a second the police officer. Let's take away the protecting and, and serving and, you know, the good guys and, you know, all that's the whatever. Let's take all that away. Let's, let's just look at two human beings, right, that are on two different sides of an issue, right? One of them is female, and, and I don't mean to ever in my life suggest that that means anything more than she simply has less testosterone in her body based on my understanding of females versus males. I do recognize there's a spectrum. I'm not trying to say anything about any of that. But um, my understanding is that females have less testosterone overall than men do. And testosterone makes you way stronger. And knowing that someone has less testosterone than you often makes them less of a threat provided there are no weapons involved right? coupled with the idea that and this is something that you'll notice immediately if and when you see this video this officer the male officer is a very large male sure so all of the and, and again i know it's very difficult to articulate this and i mean no offense to anyone who's you know, uh, identifies how they identify. I promise I love you. This is a space for you and I love you. But, I, you know, I have to tell the story the best I know how and I'm still learning. So if it's not, it's not good there, it's not good enough, just help me. But I promise I mean no offense to anyone. But, um, yeah, like you said, the officer doesn't appear to be threatened, you know. And, and again, we're, we're just talking about humans. So let me not call him an officer yet. Just a human, a, a larger male who is fortified with this testosterone, you know, um, you know, my understanding is that, you know, typically if you're going to fear for your safety, that fear is going to come from interacting with another male, um, not from interacting with a female unless there's a weapon involved or something like that. But the level of strength needed to take down a man of his size, you know, I don't imagine his mind would, you know, but even if it did, she was handcuffed, 
face down on the ground in the most docile of, <laughs> you know, or maybe docile is not the right word, but most I mean, even, dude. Even if she was fuming angry. Sure. From that position, there was nothing she could do to harm him. There you go. And so I think that the reason what I saw in this video was entitlement, was um, the knowledge that what I do will not have consequences. And that's something that goes almost hand in hand with every video that we see. And because of what I do, you're beneath me. Sure. I'm right and you're wrong. That's it. We're not two humans. I'm a better type of human than you and I can do what I want and you're just going to have to take it. I'll take a few of your teeth out of your mouth. What are you going to do other than bleed in front of me? You know, and it's that attitude that has contributed to this deep mistrust of black and brown people, especially with the police, but also with people in general. And you know what stood out to me when I watched the video? What's that? The second time, because the first time he just kicked her in the face. Oh, my God. Right. The second time was the lack of reaction from the other officers. Yeah, that's why they weren't like shocked. They wasn't like, oh, my God, what did you do? They were just chilling like that was a normal day at the office for them. Sure. And that was very disturbing. So. It's this. Unusual behavior from the people that you're supposed to look up to. Right. This this it, it's bully is not the right word. You know, bullies, you know, you can have a bully and live. Again, that's attempted murder. <laughs> and what are we not pointing out? We've highlighted this before, but we haven't mentioned it yet today. Tell me. Or did you already? Tell me. Mention that the officers were black. Oh, I was getting there. I was getting there. And I like that you brought it up. I wouldn't dare not bring that up. Oh, no. We're going to get there. Because that's super duper important to a point that we've made before. Go ahead. Make it. It is far less about the color of the officer's skin. Tell him, Q more about the idea that they're a police officer there it is because you mentioned earlier that you having a relationship with an officer and him seeing the human being in you and that being really why that bridge was built it'd be too much to ask for all of the officers to get to know the human being and every person they interact with that also shouldn't be necessary you shouldn't have to have spent intimate time with me to allow me dignity, to allow me to be a person that's worth not kicking in the face. Sure. Uh, no matter what thing we agreed on, even if we just finished fighting, right? Say they got in a fight. Maybe that's the part of the video we don't see, right? They had a fist of cuffs and we didn't see it. Sure. She's still already laying on her belly face down, subdued. So that kick in the face was, I feel like it and I can not I need to, not I'm afraid, not I'm defending myself. Not even you deserved it. I feel like it and I can. And to his colleagues, he feels like it and he can. Because none of them even like reached out like, oh man, what you doing? Yeah. Like, no. He just got it off. Nobody moved any different. There was no reaction of any kind from the other officers that were there. With that said, you know, like if you, if, I mean, I, I, I really recognize that there's most, for the most part, two pools, two schools of thought, right? One is there needs to be police reform, 
um, the police are uh, they need to be defunded. We need to take that those funds and create programs that pr actually prevent crime, and not fortify this terrorist organization that lives with us that has the right to operate with impunity and is actively harming us and killing us. And then there's the other um, school of thought, which is perhaps largely um, folks who are not at the receiving end of the, the brutality. They um, have been able to look at the police like they're the good guys. And, you know, it, it, the way the police move reflects their worldview. And if the police do something wrong, then it's just cognitive bias. You know, who knows? But if we assume for a second that there's large, for the most part, there's two schools of thought. Um, I recognize that a lot of people who are listening to this show might agree with us, you know, and that, hey, this is clearly the problem. These people have too much authority. There's no accountability. And, you know, these folks are, you know, roided up, aggressive bullies with a badge and a gun, right? And again, I'm not talking, this is not a black and white issue because, again, the officer that kicked the woman in the face was black, right? But I do want to say this. From where I sit, the woman on the ground, she looked black too. And that's what the conversation we're having. And if that was a white woman, we'd be having a whole different conversation. Right? We're not even having a conversation because it wouldn't happen. Yeah. There it is. And that second school of thought, I wish it were more authentic. Because even if I disagree with it, I could respect it. Right? You're they're right. the good guys as long as their ideology is in line with mine. You're right. If it's not, then they don't matter either. Because we've learned that in recent times. And we'll yeah. talk more Cap about Capital that. Capital riot. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk more about that. But they've made that clear. As long as it's, you know, as long as we're in this school of white supremacy, then yes, by all means. But if we try to get off our white supremacy and they're in the way then I guess those blue lives don't matter as much as we said before. Isn't that weird? It's, it's, there's, and, and you know, we haven't really gotten too deep into the political arena in recent episodes, but, you know, I'll just say it because I have been observing it. The Republican Party, you know, if we're going to, take this step the republican party really looks like they're just doing things because they've committed to this direction and they can't abandon it now i saw a video they refuse they're too dead right? they're too yeah and i saw a video um that said uh it was in our group chat i want to say and it was uh, a trump rally and all the people that were going into this Trump rally, this was a recent Trump rally, like in the past like week or so, all the people going into this Trump rally were saying no masks. Aggressively. Yeah, like they were happy to be. And speaking to someone that was wearing one. Isn't that funny? But here's the crazy part. Um, that's a function of the Tucker Carlson's, the, the Fox News, the right wing. The media, Donald Trump. The Donald Trump, of course. And the um whole entire republican party's ideology you know they're just like hey look this is who we are and this but 
it completely ignores the fact that if you look at the numbers, not even talking about the Delta variant of the co coronavirus, but if you look at the numbers, um, I believe it's 60% 60, 60 of Republicans are not vaccinated and will not be vaccinated or some, something like that. Don't hold me to it, but there's some huge amount of folks. And then obviously on the Democratic side of things, it's the opposite of that. This is the way I remember seeing the study. Again, I'm just having the conversation here. Don't hold me to the exact numbers. Um, but the, the people that are dying from COVID, um, it's like 95 or 97% higher. Yeah, some, some ridiculous. Higher. It's, high, a, yeah. it's a high number. All of the people that are dying from COVID are the people who are unvaccinated. So to me, that suggests that there's a problem. They're actively losing voters because they refuse to abandon this position, the leadership. And the leadership pushing that agenda and, and preaching that ideology. Check their vaccination record. Yeah, and I was going to say that. Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump, all these people are vaccinated. So they're not going to die. Wow. But they recognize that it, it galvanizes their base. Wow. And so, you know, back to our point here um, that, you know, as long as people will, um, I mean, the, the, that this base will support, you know, back the blue and all that sort of stuff, as long as it suits them in their immediate reality, in their here and now, right? Um, and I feel like it, it looks like if I take a step back and I look at just the world from you know, the criminal justice system to, you know, the the whole political arena to, you know, their take on race relations, the whole right conservative. It looks like a flailing, like, uh, it, like a desperate child just throwing a temper tantrum for the sake of throwing a tantrum with no real desired outcome other than to make them hurt more and you have a base that doesn't require there to be an actual political agenda it, we've seen that it can just be hate and fear-mongering that's that and that it works that's enough that's about, we can go even, out here we can get excited. At their own expense. like their pep rallies let's just go out here and be excited and loud and mad and make jokes about them whoever they are if you have a different ideology or a different train of thought than they do. Listen, I went on uh, vacation recently with someone who I wouldn't call her a fan of capitalism, but she is very good at articulating the merits of capitalism, right? Um, and I don't agree with all of them. She doesn't agree with, you know, everything that I say. I'm more of a socialist type of guy, I believe. You know, um, but, you know, I've benefited from capitalism, so I'm not mad at it for me. But, you know, for the world, I recognize it's caused a lot of harm. Right. So it's an, it, we have conversations in a very weird space. Um, and, you know, we were on vacation together, so we spent a lot of time together fleshing out these ideas. And the one thing that I took from that is that. If you're on a different. Of a different opinion. You're, you think about things differently from me. Um, as long as you can articulate them and you offer 
solutions or a path forward or there's this is why I think that because I believe it leads to this outcome. Oh, it's so much more well received. I can learn so much from that. Be and you might even be right. I mean, about some things. And there, but there doesn't always have to be a right and wrong. Either. Yeah, it could just be different, right? We can both believe different things that are not zero sum and, exactly. and, and, and ideology, right? Like us both believing this thing, neither one of us has to be objectively wrong. And we can keep going forward next to each other, loving each other, sharing exactly ideas and life and laughter. And so with that said, um, I don't really get the sense that any of our friends on the right really have those things very often. If they do, they certainly don't take the time to articulate them. And it, it just feels like saying no for the sake of no, saying no, not because you have a better idea. It's like, that's not going to work. Well, what saying, will? Saying not no that. because you want yes, specifically. Yeah. Or you want them to have a no. You know what I mean? It's like a kid saying, you know, if you want to play with a kid's toy, and they're like, no, it's mine. Well, you're not even playing with it. I know, but it's mine. Well, I mean, listen, th th these are meant to be played with. Well, this one is mine. Okay, well, listen, you know, uh, you know, and that's just, it That seems like that sort of mentality. But you're three, so I can rock with that. Yeah, if you're, you're an adult. 33, <laughs> it's different. Or try being 63, <laughs> 73, like some right. of these, these guys. Anyway, um, you know, just our thoughts on another video of an officer kicking a woman in the head, handcuffed, and, you know, why we're able to be critical of policing, not necessarily along the lines of race only, although we do know that... Well, the victims all seem to be the same color. Yeah, right. Or the same race or And same I think ethnicity, that's more telling of the system. Even if the officers are different. Yeah, and again, I think that's more telling of the system in place. It's a white supremacist system. It's founded in white supremacist roots. If you do want to find out the history of slave patrols and the word patrol where it comes from you know then you can you know find that we're telling the truth that does have its history there and uh we will continue to bring attention to these things as long as um it makes sense to do so but that is enough of that for now i think it's time to check in with dj swirl Today we are highlighting um, civil rights leader Bob Moses, who passed away recently at the age of 86. Uh, he's a soft-spoken, self-effacing grassroots organizer who championed black voting rights. He was born and raised in Harlem, New York. He went to the South to join the nascent fight for civil rights in the early 1960s, ultimately becoming a central figure in the movement. As a leader in the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, in deeply segregated Mississippi, Moses worked to hand political power to black people through voting education and voter registration drives. He continued to push education to the forefront of the civil rights agenda when in the 80s he founded the Algebra Project, a math training program focused on empowering students from underfunded public schools and poor communities. May his light continue to guide us as we face another wave of Jim Crow laws. This is coming from NPR.org. Incredible. The timing of his passing is impossible not to mention it as our country is trying once again to deny us the right to vote. Those unalienable, how you say the word? Inalienable rights. 
they're going out of their way to deny us in that way once again so the timing of, of his passing a giant in that space uh, he will be missed he will be hopefully very respectfully remembered um, we, we need more people like him um, I, I want to take this time to mention that uh, there's going to be a march for voting rights it should be in all the cities but um, it's going to take place on August 28th 2021 and if you want to find out what's going on in your city you can check march on for voting rights.org and um, register or organize or whatever it is you can do so that's another Bob become a better ally again that's march on for voting rights.org um, because we're all gonna get out in the streets and let our voices be heard so that we don't lose our right to vote um, and, and uh, you know that might sound alarming to you but the truth is you personally might not lose your right to vote but there are people in circumstances who feel the same way you do would vote the same way as you and their vote would help strengthen your voice because you know they're strength in numbers and they will be disenfranchised because either they can't get off of work and make it to the poll or they you know they have a condition they can't stand out in the sun or they you know whatever the case is and these little weird laws that people are enacting are meant to disproportionately affect democratic voters um some republican voters will be affected by it as well but typically the way voting works in this country is the less people that turn up to vote the more it fav favors republican outcomes and so um you know i we we have to say we want everybody to vote republican or democrat but i think you kind of know what we're getting at on this show i mean i find it ironic <laughs> when, when it's time to vote the people who are on tv saying get out and vote they're not saying get out and vote democrat they're not saying get out and vote for this agenda they're just simply saying get, get out, out there and, and vote none of those people are republican and everyone should find that alarming well, you know, um, I think it was, uh, I forget his name, he's the, the filmmaker, uh, Bowling for Columbine, um, uh, Michael Moore, I want to say. Michael Moore, um, from the great state of Michigan. Boom, there it is. Shout out to the D one time. Um, he uh, offered up a fun fact once upon a time, and he said that, you know, most of the people in this country, um, their beliefs are aligned with democratic values more so than Republican values. Uh, by far, most of the people in this country, just the voting turnout doesn't reflect that. And so again, when there are less democratic voters, um, you know, uh, but I do want to mention something about uh, Bob Moses um, and really something that was a little bit more personal. So again, you know, uh, it's, you know, he lived a long life full of service um, and we're certainly grateful for that. Um, you know, we obviously on this show are trying to follow in those types of footsteps and we're very grateful to the people that have come before us and recognize that this is not a permanent position. We don't get to last in this space forever and that there are folks who will come behind us and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, blaze a trail for them as well. Um, and it's funny that I was able to have a conversation uh, earlier in the week with, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> 
Reverend Jesse Jackson. One time for the Rainbow <laughs> Coalition. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, you know, he uh, flew out to Arizona and, you know, um, was arrested at a sit-in. Um, and, you know, don't worry everything, you know, because those who know that he's, he's aged might be alarmed at that. But, you know, it's more of a, it was organized um, and so while it was very real, it was, no one was hurt, you know, it was a lot of cameras there and so forth. But, um, before and after his arrest, I got a chance to talk with him just a little bit and to listen to him talk. Um, you know, he speaks very low, um, his voice, but you know, I, I tried to catch every word as you can imagine, because it's energizing to have someone who was standing next to Martin when he lost his life, you know, uh, you know, on the balcony <laughs> and, uh, who has such, he ran for president twice you know almost won you know and just the name i mean you know who we're talking about jesse jackson um but you know he he certainly was very kind um you know we did manage to get at least one halfway decent picture together um but uh you know he was very kind he's very proud of the fact that you know we're doing this show and trying to create more of a voice in spaces like this and spaces like the ones that you're listening to right now on whatever radio station or platform that you're consuming this audio on and it, it was it was energizing and you know i i don't know if he would catch our show this time around but um you know i'm certainly grateful to that and it really did kind of because he talked about, you know, passing the torch and then seeing him and seeing that he's aged and that, you know, he was still out there marching and doing his thing. But you could tell that, you know, um, you know, father time comes for all of us. Right. And that we need to be thinking about that in all the things that we do. And so if we're going to shout out Bob Moses, I certainly want to take the time to acknowledge that Reverend Jesse Jackson spent a little bit of time with me and encouraged us to keep going and keep doing what we're doing. And so I, I certainly plan to, to continue in that way. Um, I also want to shout out uh, Dr. Camilla Westenberg, who's a contributor on the show from time to time, and the whole NAACP was out there um, that uh, really helped put me into that position to be able to have that conversation. Um, and I think that's about it. That's, that's all we're going to have for today's episode. So with that in mind, uh, once again, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. You can call me Q Ward. Um, we do appreciate you tuning in every week and listening to us. Um, hopefully, we're making the world a better place. Uh, and if not that, we're making your world a little bit better. Um, we would love to continue to do this. Uh, and we'd love for you to tap in and help us out. So if you can, check out our social media. It's all at Civic Cipher. Uh, you can go to civiccipher.com and download this and all previous episodes. And also consider making a, a donation to the show. It really helps us grow. Um, show produced by DJ Swirl. And uh, I think that's going to do it for us. So until next week, y'all. Peace. Peace.